You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. we'll be talking about the jam sound effects on the line i have rob hello ben hello and kyle hi there sound effects is the fifth studio album by the english rock band the jam the album was released on the 28th of november 1980 on polydor records the producer was the jam and vic cooper smith haven and the genre is mod revival uh new wave and post-punk i'm going to read from the book tim sheridan The angry young man is a central figure in post-war British culture. From Jimmy Porter to Joan Osborne's the 1956 play Look Back in Anger to the punk explosion of the late 70s. Few bands explore this with keener insight than the jam. With a string of even more confident and potent albums, their chief songwriter and incendiary singer-guitarist Peter Weller became the bard of bile, giving voice to very British frustrations and dreams. Their previous release, Setting Suns broke the top five and spawned two number one singles in the UK, but America did not pay much attention, underscoring their distinctly British perspective. After emerging from the townhouse studio with their follow-up, they drew mild criticism for obvious references to touchstones of British pop canon, such as the lifting of the baseline of the Beatles' Taxman for the punchy start. Such complaints, however, misunderstood the incorporation of elements that inform the work's uh, creative minuet. In reality, the album is a work of startling originality. While not a formal concept album, taken together, the songs form a portrait of the disgruntled yearning that is central to the complaint of of the angry young man. From the empty consumerism of petty green to the bitter dolor of scrape away, the listener enters a world of failed potential. At the center of it all is That's Entertainment, with this double-tracked acoustic strum and a litany of everyday annoyances. It captures the essence of what made the band so important. All right, what do we think of the jam? Sound effects. Masterpiece. This is a fucking good record. This man. is a jam. I yeah. had not listened to this one before. Yeah, the only song on here I'd heard before was Start. Um, I'd, I'd you hadn't heard, heard that entertainment? Oh, I guess I'd heard that too. Yeah, Start and That's Entertainment I'd heard. But uh, oof. I mean, going from pretty green to Monday, like that 60s throwback. And uh, yeah, song to song. This thing is OK. So Paul Weller was 22. Yep. He just turned 22 and he started recording this as fifth album. Yeah. Five albums in at 22. Just turned and 22. Some real Ray Davies vibes on this uh, Monday song. Oh, dude, very much. I was getting uh, like on that turnaround uh, very much like Waterloo Sunset. Yeah. yeah, this is a complete kinks throwback, but very original and 
this this one blew me away. I mean, we got the Almod Cons, and I thought, great, you know, fine, the jam. But then this one kicked off, and I I couldn't believe that this was the same band. They progressed so f- quickly, and they sh- sort of shed the uh, what would you say the the punk the sort of rock element and they grew into a more subdued uh incorporating into britishisms and and yeah the incorporating that 60s style with acoustic guitars kinks very clever writing it's just wonderful i i love how they've developed i love the direction they've gone i wasn't that into all mod cons that was the first time I'd listened to that too. Uh, I remember at the time wishing we had gotten their first album because it's got like in the city and more energy and some of the stuff on all mod cons that seemed like, well, there was, there was a Kinks cover on all mod, all mod cons and David and the reference. Yeah. And the, the references to that style of music, for some reason they weren't ringing well with me, even though I liked that style of music. But at this point of their career, it's it's I don't know what it is about it. It's like there's enough of themselves shining through that the influences that they wear on their shoulder, like like just straight up lifting the bass line and the guitar riff from from Taxman, they're bringing enough to the table, elevating the source material enough of just that whole pipe psychedelia sound, making it something new for the '80s. And I'm fully on board with it. Like I'm listening to it. I'm saying like, oh, well, future heads listen to this. Oh, uh-huh. super. Oh, yeah. Super uh, grass I, listen to this. You know, like, grass, I, yeah. I, I wrote down future heads should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think no. Kyle, you mentioned REM too. And I wrote down the same thing. I was like the entire Athens scene um, was, you know, probably tapping into this album, um, REM and, and all this other. Uh, now, this is. Athens bands. 80s throwback power pop i think how it should be done in my opinion yeah i've heard someone do it better than this i was shocked when i heard uh but i'm different now because uh one million by rem is one of my absolute favorite um rem songs and it's a direct copy of this song um i mean even more than like start is a riff on tax man um and (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, like uh, so many bands have lifted from from this record and just, uh, you know, Paul Weller being he came out and said, uh, well, this is mostly influenced by Revolver and Off the Wall. And that's just such an interesting mix, I get you know, considering, you know, and I, I see why they're getting blowback because, yeah, Off the Wall. Um, yeah. And Beatles, I mean, it wasn't cool for punk bands to reference the, the Beatles in 1980. You know, like, yeah, you know, with phony, 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 beetle mania has bitten the dust, you know, kind of being the where we're, but this is only like 10, 11, 12 years, maybe after Revolver came out, maybe 14. Revolver was 66, I think. 14. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think just four years ahead of this, replacements are going to name their fucking record, let it be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they wear that shit on their sleeve. Um, but are they new romantics? What are they? What, what the is jam? it? Jam's no. not, no. no. Replacements aren't either. And, you know, I, what I, is this? Is this just power pop? Is this? It's like a power pop, pop 80s psychedelia. 
power pop. And, and it's still mod revival. Like the jam were never really that punk. Like even back back in like their more fast paced, aggressive stuff, it's still very mod revival. Like uh like 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 maximum R and B era, the Who that with their skinny ties and like their cropped cuts, like and there's and they're still doing that. Only I feel at this point of their career, it's like their own songwriting chops and their musicianship has developed and grown enough that to me, they don't, they no longer just sound like a, a throwback band. They sound like a band that is doing their own new and exciting thing. That's just inspired by, by a previous era, you know, it's a pastiche for sure. Yeah. They took yeah. that, what that kinks sound and what the, the who were doing some of those earlier bands, small faces, or even the faces, mm-hmm. um, and just mm-hmm. took that and just uh, now it's the eight, you know, late seventies, eighties, and they've incorporated a little more attitude from punk, uh, post punk, new wave, all that stuff, and they're mixing it in. And yeah, they've done a fantastic job of of creating an angry, uh, the same anger that the Who were talking about, but just bringing it more forward, being a little more having those galloping drums having that um those sentimental songs with double doubling up the acoustic guitar and the harmonies are great they have those like slight harmonies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh really great bridges um i also said you know really good guitar work and the drumming is on point great drumming very very solid power trio i'm going to need to re- file this away for whenever people ask about you know hey what what are like the five best power trios I can always think of five best, and I, I always think of bands before the jam, but man. Yeah. Presidents of the United jam. States. Oh, boy. Motorhead. Uh, Beastie Boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it took me a while the to jam. get to the other records uh, this week just because I kept watching live footage of the jam. I was like just sitting back and watching full concerts because I, I was mesmerized by their playing. <laughs> like, it's a great band and an astonishing live band. Paul Weller showed up recently. He was on, he played guitar on, uh, and through the wire on Peter Gabriel melt. Uh, yeah. oh. Wow. Uh, this sold over a hundred thousand copies spent 19 weeks on the UK album chart, rising number two in late 1980 in the U S though. Uh, it did spend 11 weeks on the billboard 200 chart but only uh, reached a peak position of number 72. I mean, not bad for a mod revival band in the United States. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, I think at that time we were probably more fascinated with Michael Jackson um, in, in a lot of, of that scene. I did read um, that, you know, they made their chart debut with uh, this album, near, nearly made the top, and it, it charted at number two, um, second to only 
Can anybody guess it? Rob, it's one of your favorite bands, I think. Uh, Starship? Starship? Is it Starship? Nope. It's ABBA. <laughs> Super Trooper. Uh, Ooh. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, uh, well. Yeah, I get it. Don't fuck with it. ABBA. <laughs> don't fuck with, don't ever fuck with is, ABBA. That record is fucking great. But this, yeah, this one just, it has everything I want from listening to all those other bands, Wire, Gang of Four, you know, Joy Division. Like, every, it has that punk post-punk but it also has the kinks vibe it's got that that funky bass of the gang of four yeah everything is there i i i was so startled too to read every single review had this element that they were like well this start is obviously a ripoff of the beatles you know tax man and (laughs) blah 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 and i was like who cares like it's a this is a good album talk about how you know how good these songs are i like when I like when a a band is so like the beginning of the song being tax man is so on the nose. And if you don't get it yet, the band lets you know a second time when the guitar solo comes in, like the first riff of the guitar solo is the riff that starts off the guitar solo in tax man. He then goes a different direction with it, but the way he starts off with like the first two beats of the tax man guitar solo just kind of like, yeah, we know, we we know, and here's us letting you know that we we know, and I appreciate I appreciate stuff like that, like when they are in on their own. I don't want to call the joke, but anyone's like, oh, it's Drew of a tax man. Well, yeah, the band knows that, and they let you know by also putting it in the guitar. Yeah, song. yeah. it's not subtle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are wondering why you know George Harrison, I guess, could have you know technically gotten royalties or or uh songwriting credit tried to get songwriting credit but at the same time he was also you know he had the the only cool beetle aside from ringo (laughs) well the the only one sitting in his ivory tower been like oh man these kids get it that's cool yeah and the beatles um he had also been you know uh he had also experienced the other side of that where a lot of R and B artists had, um, you know, the Beatles had lifted a lot of, uh, rhythms and, and sections for their music. So he had, I think he had seen that other side and probably just ignored it. I mean, the first song pretty green, you know, is, is a very cynical song about money and tax man is pretty much whining about being rich and having to pay taxes. So (laughs) I don't know if that was like a little, a little shade. So, uh, start is not the only song that they recycled that riff on. I, I learned also on the songs to be someone and Liza Radley. They use whether on bass or guitar, they use that same tax man riff. It's a versatile riff. Absolutely. It's catchy and bouncy and funky. Yeah. Once, uh, once I got to that's entertainment, I was like, here we go. Replacements. Here we, you yeah. Know. Such a good song. Dude, this song's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do I know this song? I know this song. I knew, I knew this song before we, we had this homework. I don't think it was a big hit in the, in the U S is it like from a movie scene I know or something? No idea. I, I felt the exact same way. I was like, oh, oh, I know this song. This, yeah. This is uh, from that one thing that, that, <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, immediately singing the chorus. Yeah. Pop, pop culture has, you, you know, it's so, 
when we were doing the Gang of Four album, Entertainment, I remember thinking like, oh, is that the album that's got that song, That's Entertainment on it? <laughs> and so I didn't know it was, a, I didn't realize it was the jam. And not only that, but I didn't realize that at this point of the career, the jam is definitely really pulling on some Gang of Four influences. It's like, it, it comes full circle in my head, you know? You know, I I looked it up and I couldn't... Um... I couldn't narrow down any sort of, you know, pivotal scene in a movie or anything like that. I think it just uh, flo- Hang on. floated around on comps and things like that. I think I found it. The song Uh-oh. was oh, in yeah. the the 2006 movie Stranger Than Fiction uh, starring Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell? <laughs> Perchance you've seen that film. I, I might have, but I don't remember anything about that film, let alone the soundtrack. But Is maybe, the- maybe it planted a seed. Is that the song that he plays on an acoustic guitar after selling all of this stuff out of his no. yard? No, Are you he thinking sells, of the 40-year-old virgin? No, uh, I don't know what scene he sings it in, but in that movie, Rob, he sings that uh, uh, Reckless Eric song. Uh, uh, the oh, whole, shit, whole yeah, round world. Is that what it is? Whole Round World? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was gonna, for this uh, song to also be in the soundtrack, that I guess that, that checks out. I forgot to bring up in the last one that the uh, producer of uh, that the hypnotized record was also the same guy that produced Records Eric. Oh, cool! You can cut that out too, Birch. You guys look a lot more excited than Birch does right now. That's because he just got his Pfizer shot. He's not quite <laughs> up, but second shot. And man, it is a—it's an earworm. It's so it much is. of an earworm. It's so yeah. much of an earworm that we don't realize that we knew it already, or it's so much it's- of an earworm that we knew it already. <laughs> It's it's one, one of those, those songs that it it's it's so much of an earworm that you know it without knowing why you know it. And it was and Paul Weller describes it as one of those songs that kind of writes itself. He wrote it in about ten minutes, inebriated one night, singing about you know, in the lyrics. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's just the type of stuff that you would see sitting on a park bench in in, in, in an inner city, like just like when like there's a couple fighting, there's trash on the ground, there's like a car alarm going off, type of stuff. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. Each verse, he just lists the stuff that you can see, and then that's entertainment. And and he just shout it out in like ten minutes, and it it's this pop gem earworm that now my brain has ju- just thinks it's always existed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. And it's a good it's a good transition. It's a the side closer for side one. Plus, it has, you know, those two acoustic guitars, which I wouldn't have expected from the jam um, mm-hmm. being this sort of mod, uh, you know, mod revival band to to suddenly throw in two guitars and, and harmonize to this this quirky song. It's great. I could see the who doing that, though. Yeah, who would play second acoustic though? Ant whistle? I don't know. Daltrey can play harmonica. Does he know how? Does he, does he know his cowboy chords? Townsend. I think I've seen him play some guess, rudimentary guitar before. To, to, to really, to play along with the Who song, what like A D G? Yeah, I guess Townsend and and Daltrey could do it. Yeah, you're right. Definitely the Kinks. Get down on that. Definitely the Kinks. Yeah, <laughs> those brothers. Uh, does anybody have an? Any other? Does anybody feel like the front side is is a little loaded, or we feel like it's pretty even? The front I side is a little loaded. It's a little um, loaded. There, there's more but, memorable I mean, songs. Yeah, but side two, you've got "Man in the Corner Shop," which is, and uh, "Scrape Away," which isn't 
It sounds like the, the closing song of a live show. did want to ask too what do you guys think of music uh for the last couple do you remember that one doesn't man in the corner shop and music for the last couple both have a lot of la la la's i think they both like they're, they're, they're next to each other and they both have la 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 uh chorus i hear that uh i think i, I hear that compressed air pss. is this joy mm-hmm. division yeah <laughs> uh taken from <laughs> Yes. Um, man in the corner shop uh, gave me not only a big uh, early Kinks vibes, but uh, also uh, Hollies, which yep. I, I love the Hollies. Aww. Yeah. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Man, there was something. There was a quote from the guy from the Hollies I read in like Paste or Magnet or something. When it was like when someone called uh, someone because the Hollies, you know, they were coming out with like their biggest hits in like the late 60s. And the, the, he was being interviewed and someone talked about like being part of the, like, the psychedelic scene. And I wish I forget the name of the guy from the Hollies. Like, psychedelic. The Hollies are about as psychedelic as a pint with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> and that always stuck with me. I always, I always like that. Yeah. Music for the last, sh- last couple is about the only song on here that I was a little like, eh, I don't know about this one. It's fine. Music for the last couple and uh, Dreamtime are the only ones I don't have t- giant stars next to. And they're yeah. still great, but those mm-hmm. are the only two. Yeah. I, it just felt like uh, Music for the Last Couple was, I mean, it's written by everyone in the band, so it f- maybe it was a jam session. It's, it sounds like a jam. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't kill the, the album. You know, it didn't kill the vibe, but I was still a little are you like, getting- huh. You get like a Mardi Gras kind of vibe off of it? No. <laughs> uh, it sounds a little bit maybe X- XTC, something like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But uh, it, it just kind of stuck out. There's a little bit of a uh, divergence from the, the power, from the popness of the, the rest of it. But maybe that's they're intentional to... Uh, I mean, they were referencing the Beatles. The Beatles did all these experiments in the studio uh, and it has a lot of you know triangles and things in the background. So they were it gave me uh, trying to go for it. It gave me uh, shadowy men and the shadowy planet vibes. Sure. Oh yeah, I can get that. Man, speaking of referencing the Beatles, I also read that quote, uh, the Paul Weller quote about this out him considering this album a qu- cross between Revolver and Off the Wall. I I love that that concept as a jumping off point. But I'm trying to hear where they were pulling from off the wall on this album. Do you? Were you guys picking up any like early Michael Jackson vibes? I read that too. I couldn't figure it out. I was going to say the only thing I could think of is off the wall has. How do I put it? It has every single space filled, um, so that it's like a perfect. It's sonically perfect because it has all the all the spaces filled with with something happening to engage you every second of the album 
Oh, I could see that being something that uh, Weller was sent to. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Something he just. The production. 22 just... years old. Barely the, 22. Yeah. The the rhythm section on sound effects does. Like they don't, they don't overdo the funkiness, but they, they do get funky on it. Like uh, there's a lot of funk on off the wall. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out what they were going for. Yeah. You know, if boy about town is not in an eighties, California, I, I like, do not think it's ever been the montage about yeah a montage. <laughs> someone screwed oh yeah, up. holy a shit. little a little kid skateboarding to school and he's late and he's got a frog <laughs> in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a boy about town. It's it, and it's two minutes. I mean, yeah. holy, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can absolutely. Somebody's gonna take this for like a TV show too. No, I was gonna say it could like be like like this the opening credits of Small Wonder or something. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Malcolm, Malcolm in the, in the middle. middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it gets some horns Life in here. Unfair. Early. Uh, <laughs> My parents are crazy. <laughs> early third wave ska maybe influence. Amazing. Uh, you got anything oh, else? Oh yeah, yeah. That third wave ska. There's like that's like some skank and pickle going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they actually oh, wow. i was gonna say they do transition more into that um with horns and building out that element of the of the band in the later albums like ska punk like 90s ska punk <laughs> like this could be like like boy about town like could be on a goldfinger album let's <laughs> <laughs> not get carried away <laughs> yeah hey there's nothing wrong with the Goldfinger album. I don't know what, what you think I'm saying. <laughs> Pull my Goldfinger. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what is a King Midas dab line. <laughs> <laughs> this album's fucking awesome. Uh, that's entertainment. It's almost all acoustic guitar, though. Over like the, I think it's like the third verse. There's a a back masked electric guitar. So if you had any any. If you're on the fence about whether or not this was reaching back to pop psychedelia, there's no straight up back, backwards guitar over uh, that entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I need to go around from what I've been hearing. Everybody's on the positive, right? Nah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hunt this thing down and then actual record shop. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for this one. It will be mine. Oh yes. It will be mine. Yeah. Cool. Also, cover too. Uh, yeah, covers. Oh, yeah, the the sound effects records. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about the cover. Yeah, it's really neat. It's really clever. Uh, sound effects with an A. Yeah, very cool. Very timeless. The uh, the art direction of it also almost reminds me of like a '90s Discord, like a Nation of Ulysses album or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's all like. Uh, grayscale and pink, which is a really cool look. And uh, yeah, Kyle, you mentioned uh, 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 just a collage of different sound effects with an E albums. Yeah, it's neat. Also, I just want to I just want to interject this. Um, how come uh, Bard of Bile is awesome? I wrote that down. Birchie said Bard of Bile. Yeah. How was that? How was that leveled at Paul Weller and not Tom Waits? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bard of Bile is awesome. What enlighten me? What's Bard of Bile? That's that's, uh, that's just what yeah. this uh, this reviewer called uh, Paul Weller. 
called him. Who said that? What reviewer called him that? Uh, Tim Sheridan oh, from the Tim book. Tim Sheridan. Oh, yeah. Bard of Bile? Bard of Bile. But, and that's, that's a real band, not the jam. It should be Bard that's of a, Bile. That's a, that it, that's a really cool nickname. But if you ever came up to me and said, like, hey, Ben, in rock history, who was considered the Bard of Bile? It, it was the big like, bopper. It was always the big bopper. <laughs> it would be guess one what one hundred to two hundred before I got to Paul Weller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Tom Waits, next time we'll be talking about Tom Waits, heart attack and bind. Traveling on buses, bring the graffiti of